I feel like I'm supposed to shout Merry Christmas right there at the end. Um, it's not quite time. It's, it's close, guys. Next, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. I hope you are ready. Um, guys, we're, we're doing this series, and we do it every year this season. Uh, we call it the season of Advent. And that word Advent just refers, uh, it, it literally means coming. Uh, we're celebrating the, the first coming of Jesus. That's Christmas. That's Him coming to earth uh, as a baby, uh, born of a virgin, uh, came to live the life we couldn't, to die the death that we deserve. And so we kind of set our hearts on, on that coming. And it's supposed to stir in us um, some thankfulness and gratitude and, and set our hearts towards looking and praying towards His second coming. So uh, we, we do this, there's four Sundays leading up to your Christmas Eve service, and, and this is Sunday three. And so, so far, we, we've lit two candles. So, so our first candle, uh, we lit the hope candle, uh, and we talked about the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, last week, we, we lit the peace candle. This morning, we're going to light this pink candle, uh, and we refer to it as the joy candle. And so that's my hope this morning, is that through what we do, uh, that God would center our minds and our hearts on why we should be filled with joy. Okay, so join me in a word of prayer. Um, uh, you need Bibles. Uh, in Bibles, guys, we're in Luke 2. Uh, you need bulletins. If you didn't get a hard copy when you came in, they look something like this on the inside. Uh, there are sermon notes, if I can ever open them. On the inside, there's sermon notes, fill in the blank. Um, but if you didn't get one of those, we have digital notes. You do it the same way you did the offering. Open up the camera app on your phone, point it there. Uh, we are unabashedly going to ask you to take notes. That's what studying is. Um, so you guys could be like, I'm an auditory learner. Uh, Maybe, a little bit, but you still have to take notes. That's kind of how that works. So uh, I'm going to pray for you, and uh, then we're going to jump into God's Word. Father, thank you so much for loving us and allowing us to gather here this morning. Holy Spirit, we recognize you. We recognize your role in our lives. You are our counselor, but you are also our teacher and our guide. And, and, and we, we believe in this church that you're also the teacher of the church. And so come and take your place in our pulpit and, and lift up Jesus in our midst that we might see him more clearly than we ever have, that we might want him more than we ever have, and that we might be changed from the word of God from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, well, guys, uh, we've been doing a responsive reading every week in Advent. It started week one, and I thought, you know, we're just going to do it every week. So uh, we've got another responsive reading uh, this morning. It is from Luke 2, and the way this works is I'm going to put some slides on the screen. I read the white... You only read the yellow, okay? Super easy for me to keep up with me. It all sounds nice and normal. When you guys get to the yellow, you're going to do this like pacing thing, trying to keep up with your neighbors and friends. And if not, it's cool. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. It's going to be great. But uh, this is uh, the birth announcement out of Luke chapter 2. And the Word of God says this, starting in verse 8. Uh, it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Okay, and you go on, and you're going to find him, like, in a manger, uh, yeah, it's like one of my favorite texts, uh, Christmas time. Guys, there's three things based off just that birth announcement that I, I want to share with you. Three reasons why um, we should be filled with joy. And here's the first, guys. I want you to know that we should be filled with joy because we have received grace 
instead of judgment and condemnation. Right? We should be filled with joy because we have received grace instead of judgment and condemnation. And so this morning, all we're going to do constantly, we're going to go back to this birth announcement over and over and over. We're just going to keep looking at it uh, in, in detail. And I, just, I, I want you to think about this message for a second. The angel of the Lord appears, Luke 2.11, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. That's the message. The angel shows up and says, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Now think about this women. That is exactly what humanity needed, but that is not what humanity deserved. Right? If you study the Bible we, we didn't deserve a Savior. The Bible says that we're the ones that rebelled against God. We're, we're the ones, because of our sin, we're cast out of the presence of God. It, it, the, God made it clearly known that the wage of sin is death. Right? If, if he told Adam and Eve, if you eat from the tree of knowledge in the middle of the garden, you will surely die. Yet mankind did it anyway. And since the fall, we continue to rebel against God over and over and over. And the Bible says that we're all guilty of this. That there's no one righteous, not even one. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible is very clear that the wage of that sin, what we deserve is death. And yet the angel of the Lord shows up, and I want you to grasp the meaning of this announcement. He doesn't show up to say, today one has been born, and you're going to get what's coming to you. Because that's what he should have said. Right? The angels should have shown up and said, uh, you are going to get it now. We've been watching. We've been waiting. We can't, we, like, we, we've just been praying that God would send this day and you guys get what you deserve. But that's not the birth announcement. The birth announcement is no today. In spite of what you deserve, today a Savior has been born for you. Friends, that is called Grace. That is called grace. That is getting something you don't deserve. Right? Mercy is not, like, like mercy is just, well, you're like, like, hey, I'm going to hold. Grace is, we, we get more. We get more. We got a Savior. We deserve death. God didn't just hold back death. He, he sends Jesus so that we can have life. And by the way, that's, that's the context of, of the world's most famous scripture passage is that this birth announcement was that there's no condemnation. This birth announcement is about grace. John 3.16, the context, including verse 17, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And it says this in the very next verse, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through Him. We deserve death. We deserve condemnation, but that is not what God sent. God instead sent us a Savior. And if you want to know how all that worked out, the Apostle Paul does a really good job of explaining this in the book of Romans in chapter 8. He says, here's how all that transpired. Is that little baby born in the manger? See, somebody had to be condemned. It says that baby born in the manger, this Jesus, what God did in his life was instead of condemning us, he chose to condemn sin in the flesh. We should have been condemned. And he says, I'm going to condemn your sin in the flesh, and I'm going to do it by becoming flesh myself. Here's how Paul explains it. Romans 8, 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. 
Right? Next verse. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. What's saying is God made a choice. And He chose instead of condemning you to condemn your sin in the flesh by sending His one and only Son to be flesh for your sake. And Jesus stepped out of heaven and into humanity. He was born of a virgin. He felt all the things that we feel, all the physical pain, all the heartache, all the emotional stress. Jesus experienced everything that we experience, but He did so without sin. And He died the death that we all deserved. And God said, because of that, man, I'm, I'm going to give you life. Anyone that believes, right? It's crazy. It's crazy good news. So, so we, we start here. Guys, we should be overflowing with joy. Every time we get to Christmas, y'all, we should remember, whoa, wait a second, that's not what I deserved, right? I didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve a Savior born for me. But that is exactly what God did, all right? So that's first and foremost, y'all, is, is we should be joyful because uh, though we deserve condemnation, a Savior was born for us instead. All right. Number two, we should be filled with joy because the birth of Jesus shows us how much God loves us and longs to be with us. We should be filled with joy because the birth of Jesus shows us how much God loves us and how much God longs to be with us. So again, we're continuing with the birth announcement, right? So here it is, Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest heaven, the angel says, and peace on earth to people He favors. Look at that, that, that phrase, to people He favors. Uh, that phrase in the Greek, uh, it literally means longing. It, it, that's what it means. <laughs> To, to people he, he favors. Glory to God in the highest, heaven and peace on earth, to people He favors, uh, people that He longs for. Uh, if, if you got into the detail of, of, of the word, uh, it, it talks about an absence that creates a longing. And what I'm telling you is the birth of Jesus is proof that God missed you. See, since the fall of mankind, in Genesis chapter 3, all of mankind could not be in God's presence because they were no longer perfect or holy, the Bible says. And where God is, His life is, so death enters the world, but God longs for the people He created. That's you and that's me. If you want to feel the gravity of John 3.16, you have to understand the longing of God. That this Christmas thing that we celebrate happened because God loves you that much. It happens because God in heaven, God who is eternal, God that made us in His likeness and created us to be with Him, God wanted us to be with Him again. And He longed for you so much. He favored you so much that He did this, John 3.16. He sent His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish, but would have eternal life. Now, what does that mean, perish? Anyone who dies apart from Jesus dies in their sin, means they die separated from God. If you're separated from God, you're separated from the life of God. You don't get eternal life, you get eternal what we would call punishment, but it's really just eternal separation from everything that is good. Eternal separation from everything that is right. Eternal separation from everything that is lovely. Right? That's, that, that's, that's, that's what happens. And, and, and God longed for you so much. 
He wanted you back with Him so much that He sent His own Son to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself so that anyone that would believe in His Son would have life. Now, what does that mean? Well, where God is, is where His life is. See, that, that, that's what has to do with longing. When you hear the phrase eternal life, you need to think the presence of God. Where God is, His life is, right? So when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, they were cast out of the presence of God. Where God is, His life is, therefore they're now going to die. Do you understand me? God is eternal, right? And, and if you're with God, you get His life. You get eternal life. And so, John 3.16 is about this longing that God has for you to be with Him. And that's what it means. It says, uh, everyone who believes won't perish but have eternal life. But have eternal life. That's God's heart. He wants us to be with Him. So much so, that He sent Jesus to do what we couldn't do. 1 John 4.10 says, love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning means payment. Uh, Jesus paid what we couldn't. Uh, the, the, the payment for sin is perfection. We couldn't pay that. So Jesus lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He paid the penalty for our sin by dying in our place after living a perfect life. And then He conquered said death. So guys, we should be filled with joy because we've received... Grace, instead of judgment and condemnation, we should be filled with joy because the birth of Jesus shows us how much God loves us and longs to be with us. And lastly, I would tell you that we should be filled with joy because Jesus is available to all people who believe. Jesus is available to all people who believe. One last time, look at the birth announcement with me. Luke 2.10 But the angel of the Lord said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It'll be for all the people. That's one of the greatest truths about Christmas, that the baby born, uh, God's one and only son, born of a virgin, lying in a manger, uh, this baby is for everyone. Uh, and, and it's hard, when, when, you, when you study the life of Jesus, you get to the Gospels, Jesus is going to stand up and say, I am, Right? All those people that say, well, Jesus never claimed to say, he never claimed to be God. Not true. He says seven occasions, I am, I am, I am, I am. That's how God revealed himself to Moses. He says, uh, Moses is like, who do I tell them you are? And he says, you tell them I am. So Jesus on seven occasions says, I am. One of those occasions, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Right? That's a pretty exclusive statement, you say. But then this Jesus who makes that statement says, but I am available for everyone who believes. Romans 10.13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is great news. This is, this is great news because it is for all people. And that means today, if you walk through these doors because it's Christmas time and You've been feeling down. Maybe you've been feeling like, I'm, I'm not living right. And I, it, it's, it's hard to even express it. You just you feel a weight on you. Something is off. You're here because you're, you're going, God, could that be you trying to speak to me? But, but you may be here and, and you're believing one of the greatest lies of the devil that you're not good enough for God. You're thinking, man, I'm too messed up. Man, I'm too far gone. Man, I have too many doubts. I've done too many things. That's kind of what you walked in believing, and I'm just going to say to you, no, good news 
for all people. All people. Today, a Savior has been born. He is for you. He came for you, for anyone who believes. And that's not just good news for you, by the way. That's good news for everybody you love and care about. Some of you have come to know Christ. Some of you follow Christ for a while, but you've got people in your life that don't. You love them. You pray for them on a regular basis. And it, it just seems they, they could care less about God or, or it just seems they just keep going further and further and further in the other direction. I'm just going to tell you this morning, don't give up on them because that Savior is for them too. It's for anyone who believes. And so keep praying, keep believing. So what do we do with this message? I'm going to give you a little bit of application and uh, then I'm going to let you go. First and foremost, I, I want to challenge you to accept the fact that God loves you. Accept the fact that God loves you. That is hard to accept for some of you. Because what we see that nobody else sees, see, we clean up pretty well, right? I mean, you guys are looking good this morning. Some of you are looking so Christmassy. I love it. I mean, some of you families, the whole family's coordinating. God bless you. I bet that was fun this morning. Right? Like, we, we, when our kids were your age, we were good if everybody had underwear. Like, it doesn't go on your head. Put it in, then the pants. Put it on. We're doing good to get them out the door. So you coordinating families, God bless you. It's great. But you look good on the outside. We do really good at this outward appearance. But inside, we know who we are. And for some of us, the hardest thing when it comes to coming into a relationship with God is starting with this truth, that God loves us. And you're sitting here this morning going, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if God could love me. I don't know that He could love somebody like me. Somebody who's done the things I have or thought the things I have. I, I promise you there's a, there's a bigger sinner in the room than you are. 100%, I, I guarantee it. And God does love you. And Christmas is proof. So you've got to start here, which, which might be the hardest thing ever, is you just have to, you've got to accept it. God loves you. He loves you right now. You may say, no, He'll love me if I clean my life up. He'll love me. When I first started hearing about Jesus, I thought that, that's, that's what, what he felt about me. Well, if I change some things, then Jesus will love me. So I started trying to make some changes. Jesus didn't love me anymore. He didn't love me any less. He loved the sinner that I was. And, and, and the truth was, he died for me before I ever cared about him. And I had to come to grips with this fact, God loves me. So I, I, I want to start here, guys. You've got to accept the fact that God loves you. Number two, you've got to move a step further than that. Then you actually have to receive that grace. You have to receive that love. You have to receive the grace of God by accepting Jesus as Lord. In eight days, we're going to sit around these trees. Some people call them pagan. I say they're very Christian because they're supposed to never die. And if yours is like mine, it never will because it's fake. There we go. LED lights, baby. They're going to last forever. Uh, when the LED lights go out, the tree goes out, we get a new one, it's fine. It's evergreen trees meant to represent eternal life. By the way, how many, how many fresh tree people do we have? You have fresh tree people? God bless you all, that's awesome. I heard this week that if you take care of your fresh tree correctly, you could go plant it, it'll take root, and then you can uproot it and use it every year. Now, you guys may be like, that is a fallacy, but I heard it, I just wanted to share it with you. Go Google that. That's what you're doing now. Like, is that true? No, focus. Come back. Come back. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a minute, in eight days, you're going to sit around those trees and you're going to open gifts. 
And each of those gifts is going to have a name on it. And I'll tell you what never happens in my house. Never, ever, ever, never, never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever have I put a gift in front of my children and they said, nah, I'm not going to open that. Never. And yet we, who are God's children, can be, have been given an amazing gift with our name on it. And yet many people in the world will sit there with the greatest gift in the world, Jesus, accessible to them. Be right there, have their name on it. They've heard the gospel. They've heard that Jesus loves them. They've heard that Jesus died for them. But for some ridiculous reason, they will never personally receive that gift. Man, what a shame. What a shame to have life in your lap and to say, no, I, I, I can't receive that. Man, would you get over your pride today? And just say, God, I need that. I'll receive it. I'm not, I'm not worthy of it, but I'm, I'm going to open that. I'm going to make it my own. I'm going to accept it. And if you do that, today you'll become a child of God. Today you'll receive eternal life. Today could be the day of your salvation. Lastly, I'm going to close with this. We need to share the love that we've received in Christ with someone in need of grace this Christmas season. Okay? So guys, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, there is somebody in your life that is desperately in need of grace. There's somebody in your life that desperately needs to hear that God loves them. There is somebody in your life that needs to be invited to a Christmas Eve service or over to your house where, where before you open presents, you're going to read the story of Jesus and what all the gift giving is really about. There is somebody in your life that needs to hear today's message, that needs to understand that God loves them and that Jesus is proof that God didn't come to condemn them, but to bring them to life. And so I want to challenge you this week. You've got time left in your schedule. Invite somebody into your Christmas moment, please. Please. All right? We started with this scripture. So I'm going to read it again, and then we're going to light um, the Advent candle. Luke 2, starting in verse 8. I'll read through 11. It says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the city of David. A Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And so this morning we light the third candle of Advent. Maybe. Light the candle of hope. Light the candle of peace. And we light the candle that represents the good news, great joy that is for all the people. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die in our place. God, he is so much more than we deserve. Help us. Help us understand this moment. If there's anyone here that has never received Jesus personally. I pray today is the day they would do it. Right now they would cry out. Just say, God, I believe what I just heard. Jesus, I want to receive you. Come into my life now and change me from the inside out. Make me a child of God. God, I just pray right now that you would honor that prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, well, guys, uh, about a decade ago, <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, about a decade ago, uh, 
we sensed God calling us to a new place. We had been um, in the same location in downtown Elgin for a long, long time. And we had realized some limitations of the property. And we began to pray, God, what would your story look like for this church? And God showed us that we were supposed to build a new building. We were supposed to go buy land. And, and, um, and, but in that process, we were... Uh, anybody ever just have a little bit of faith? Anybody have that mustard seed faith? Is that y'all? That's cool. God can use that. So we... we, we um, it sounds bad when I say we fleece God. Like, we didn't trick God. That's not what I mean. Uh, but we, we laid out a fleece before the Lord. We said, Lord... If this is you, we need you to show us that it's you, that we're supposed to do this, because at that time, we didn't, we didn't really have any money in the bank to buy land, okay? And so this land at the time was, was about $400,000, just a little less. And we said, Lord, if you're in this, we're going to ask you to provide $100,000, and we only had a little less than 90 days for that to happen. And so we got it. If you're in this, would you do this? And we had a Sunday. It was a special Sunday where we consecrated ourselves before the Lord, for the ministry and the work of the Lord. We, we, we prayed. We, we even had hand washing. Like, it was crazy. Uh, and then we took up a special offering, and the Lord provided $117,000 in that day. And today we stand on what God did 10 years ago. And so we still do this thing called Glory Sunday. And it is a Sunday where we remember what God has called us to as a church, where we step into that promise, and we still give. We're still giving to the future, y'all. The difference now is we're here but we've taken on debt service. We've, we've got to pay that down. We, want, we don't want to pass that on to people. And so our projections this year is that we'll probably run short, um, you know, by about $30,000. We've also got a ditch back there. I want to get rid of that dirt, y'all. We want to fill in the ditch. We've got to put in some drainage and fill it in. So our goal is about $40,000 this morning. Um, and, and you go like, I don't, I don't, we've asked you to pray, but we're going to have another moment of prayer. And, and so um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to pray and then after you pray about what your family could give, pray with your family, pray together, then we're going to ask you to give. There's a couple ways you can do it. There are envelopes in the chair in front of you that say future fund, and you could put check or cash there, and they go uh, in the offering boxes on your way out. Or you can literally, uh, what happened to the one with the QR code? It's, it's in there, guys. It's in the share folder. Um, I may send somebody up there. Uh, nope, it's not that QR code. It's a Glory Sunday slide with the QR code. So they're going to work on that as I pray, and, um, and then we're going we're gonna to put it in there. Um, it's one with a QR code. It's in the share folder. Y'all got it. Okay, so pray with me, and we're going to believe that this thing will pop up on the slide as we pray. And uh, if not, it's going to get difficult. Okay. Father, um, thank you for this opportunity, for allowing us to gather in this place um, God, you are, are so good and so kind to us. And, uh, and this morning, we're just going to ask that you move and you work. And Father, as you move and as you work uh, on our hearts, we're going to ask that you would change our minds. <clears throat> we're going to ask that you would make us cheerful givers. That we would, we would want to participate in what's going on who you are and what you've called us to. Father, that's our hope. That's our prayer. And uh, God, just move in ways that only you can. We love you, Lord. We pray, we ask these things in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen.